This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent. Right, we've had an email come in from Jilly. Jilly has asked, Russell, what is the most important training that a dog should have? Okay. Fairly broad, doesn't say whether it's an old dog, new dog, puppy, nothing, no? I'm guessing no. Not. Okay, all right, well, let me bat this one back to you. To me? To you, Jay, to me, to you, to me, to you. If you were going to teach your dog one thing, what would you say would be the most important one thing to teach it? And we're going to put the whole fetch your beer from the fridge on the back burner for now. Outside of that, what would it be, do you think, is the most important thing? Well, I think I've been rather spoiled by being able to talk to you and have you as a friend there is um, that i would say recall yeah and that's uh, that would be my sort of go-to thing i mean obviously like getting a dog to sit and stay is is all well and good and for sure has its benefits but i would argue getting rover to come back when you call him would probably be the most important thing and then some give julie some advice on recall because i don't think we've ever actually done a whole recall episode no i probably haven't so um, i mean look in terms of obviously i'm a trainer it's what i do i would advise anyone certainly with a puppy but any dog that you have yes recall would be it's the first thing i i start with name recognition and recall are the first two things i go for in in terms of teaching a dog you know what does fido mean when i shout fido how does that picture work for the dog okay so name recognition yeah as in how how to teach your dog what their name actually means how would you do that so without giving away your top tips, obviously? Top tips, yeah. I mean, A, it's about dogs are very simple creatures. If there's a, a, a behavior that I, I do that has a reward attached to it, I'm going to do that again. If there's a behavior that I do that has no reward, or if there's consequence attached to that behavior, I'm going to stop. It's simple science. That's how it works. So in terms of something like teaching name recognition or an ultimately recall, is the dog wanders off. And again, as, as I've mentioned, I don't know how many times on this podcast, my dogs are always on leash, especially through the training phase, until I'm at a point that I can call them back. So my dog wanders off and has a sniff. I'm standing there behind. I can call their name. Hey, Rover, come here. And I can guide them back to me with the leash. The leash in and of itself, you can argue, is consequential because they're being guided by the neck. Um, it's not about pulling with all your might, but it's about guiding them away from whatever they're engaged with and coming to me. And when they get to me... It's all about being fully engaging, rewarding, you know, lots of love and bubbles and treats, and then allowing them to go back and sniff whatever they were sniffing, and repeating that process back and forth, back and forth. So, and I'm just trying to paint the picture in my in my head here. Sure. Um, so you would sit there with Rover or Fido. Which one would you like? Because you've said both. I'm trying to be as open as possible to yeah. different names. Yes. Can we stick with Fido? Go for it, yeah. All right. So we've got little Fido, and you're trying to let Fido go off, have a sniff, and <laughs> then you're going to say, Fido and give him a little yep. little tug-tug on mm-hmm. the lead, and Fido hopefully will come back, and then you reward that. Does Fido know that you're saying Fido, or is he understanding you're saying tug-tug? So Do you see what I'm... Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, and there's a few things going on. Number one, I'm calling the dog. I'm, I'm making a sound, which is Fido. Number two, swiftly following that, there's the guidance with the leash. 
And swiftly following that is the reward, the treat, the fusses, the, the ball, whatever, whatever it is that motivates the dog. And I will come back to rewards and stuff in a minute. So those three things happen in sequence every single time. Does Fido hear Fido or does he hear just the sound that you're making? They'll hear a sound. So could you technically go Ido? You can go Ido. You can go Toaster. You can, go, you can say whatever you like. You can use whatever words you want. And I actually have some fun with this in classes sometimes when people are like, oh, my dog knows the word sit. I'm like, no, they don't. And I can call the dog over and shout Toaster and the dog sits. They don't know the word sit. They know a sound. And body language is more important to dogs anyway. In terms of going back to the recall, in terms of those those three things. Number one, I call the name. Number two, I guide with the leash. Number three, I reward. And if you do that 10 times, nothing much is going to change. You do that a few hundred times and all of a sudden the dog starts to connect the dot. When I hear that sound, Fido, if I turn and come back to you, I can get a treat. So I can control that action. Number two, I can also avoid the the consequence if you like of being guided with the leash. I don't need that anymore because I know just coming back to you equals it's a reward the other big bonuses um and this is why i always do things on leash one of the biggest drawbacks to teaching an effective recall is people only use it when they need it so the dog's running free going crazy doing whatever it wants and all of a sudden oh there's another dog coming or it's going towards traffic we're not no rover fido come back come back no 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 so we're driving a lot of attention to the dog for doing what they want which is ultimately running away the second part of that is equally once you've got the dog back, a lot of people would then punish the dog. So I've just spent 20 minutes chasing around the park or 20 minutes chasing around the beach to finally get hold of you. And then they punish the dog. And they're punishing the dog, you know, bad dog, bad Fido, because you didn't come back to me 20 minutes ago. That doesn't work for the dog. It would work with your kids. Knock yourself out. It doesn't work with the dog. So the dog's then working out, well, hey, when I come back to you, it's a really negative thing. So why would I want to come back to you? And that's a very quick, slippery slope into teaching an effective recall. So if we do it the other way with having them on leash, I can just guide them back to me, reward them, and let them go again. Coming back to me just means I get a treat and I get to go play again. Result. We've gone on walks together and, and you use a long leash. And we've talked about yep. a long leash before. And that, that's worked relatively well with my boxer, yeah. who isn't the best at coming back. What's the progress We've, we've used a different length of leash. So the caveat is, look, and I've said it before, if you're not in a position to say Fido come back and have them come running back to you regardless of scenario around them, they shouldn't be off the leash. At some point, though, the training wheels have to come off. At some point, you've got to say, I reckon my dog can do this now and I've got to unclip the leash, which is always a, always a fun moment, always a risky one. What I tend to do is go from, I use a long line, which is either a long rope, a long leash, you tie a bunch of normal leashes together and give yourself 20, 30 feet. I will sometimes switch to what I call a more specific drop line, which will just be a very thin, light piece of string, strong enough that if I pull the dog, they're not going to break the string, um, but light enough that it's, it, they don't really feel it when they're sort of running or walking. So I can make a big play and a big physical show of, you know, Fido sit. They sit like an unclip my normal leash. But that piece of string is still attached like my just-in-case, my backup brake. By the time you get to, to that stage of using that, your recall is going to be pretty effective and pretty, pretty solid anyway. So it, it then just becomes a case of once you reach that point, the, the games that you play and the engagement that you have with your dog should be that much stronger that you're going to be getting an effective recall 
every time anyway. Does using names work better than sounds or whistles or is it much of a muchness? Kind of much of a muchness, but it, it will all go through the, the training process. Now, in terms of working with puppies, if you've got kids, which you do, you can under, you'll, you'll be able to um, equate with this. Whenever you engage with young kids, it's all high-pitched, oh, look at you, la, 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 squeaky sounds and high-pitched noises and all silly stuff. Same thing with puppies. You do that and they light up. If you start going, Fido, come here, they're just, yeah, I'm not interested. You're going, oh, Fido, yay, woo, and start running around. They get all excited and they will chase. And like for me, in terms of teaching recall, I, I focus more on chase rather than come back. So if my puppy wanders away, I will do something like whistle, make a high-pitched city sound, squeal, get their, cause which they prick their ears up, they get, oh, what's all that? That sounds exciting. They turn around to the source of that sound, which happens to be me, and I'm going, hey, Fido, come here. Now I'm running away, at which point they're going, well, where do you think you're going? They start chasing after me. So Fido, come here actually means chase me. Chase me down, hunt me down, try and catch me. Oh, you're such a clever dog. You caught me. Have a treat. Have a fuss. Oh, free. Go and play again. Going back, and I should have asked this actually before, but when you said that you've been chasing 20 minutes... And Fido hasn't come back. Yep. When Fido does come back, and I totally understand, don't punish the dog yeah. then because it's, it has done exactly what you wanted to do. It's just taken a bit more time. Should you over? Should you just praise like crazy? Yeah. Dogs have got one second to relate cause and effect. Technically 1.3, but who's counting? All right. So, which is not a lot of time. And you've probably heard, and the listeners have probably heard the expression, you've got to catch them in the act, right? And that's why. So, if you walk into your house and the dog is wagging its tail walking towards you, and you suddenly realize, well, he's pooped on the floor and he's eaten my sofa. As he's walking towards you, you're the best dog in the world. You came, you came towards me. You're such a good boy. Because it doesn't remember. It does, it's not connecting. You should have been, I was having a whale of a time an hour ago. So they can't connect the dots. And the old myth, the, the wives tell of, you know, drag the dog by the scruff and rub his nose in the poo. All that does is teach them that you, me, and poo in the same area is a bad deal. So the next time you put Rover on leash and take him outside into the garden, it's like, I'm not going to go and make a mess because I know what happened the last time. Now, I'm going to have to admit here, I, I think I've always had issues with Maximus coming back and he's never been the best at coming back. And I think that I made the mistakes in the past, even though I have a, a friend who's a dog trainer and do a podcast with him about dog training. Yeah. <laughs> I would get frustrated when he wouldn't come back and I would not get... I, get you get angry. I, I get angry. Everyone does. I get yeah. angry and frustrated. So now, whenever I started to call him back... You'd see, he would look at me. He's thinking about it. And he's thinking about it and he's thinking, well, do you know what? Last time I came back, I was shouted at. So do you know what? I'm not going to come back and I'm just going to go off. There's a good, a good hybrid tool that I use at this point is the sit. The sit is probably the first thing that everyone tries to teach their dog. I mean, all dogs know how to sit. And it's the, as soon as the puppy's in, I mean, forget recall, forget anything. It's just get the dog to sit. Oh my God, it's amazing. The, and what you tend to find very quickly is the dog is throwing sits at you because I'm getting attention, I'm getting treats, and the sit seems to work. So in that moment, when I'm saying, hey, Maximus, come here, and he's looking at me, and he's looking at me like I'm not sure what your intentions are, and you're looking at him with that body language that states, I think I know how this is going to go, which is a big neon sign to him, was if you shout, good boy, sit, he's probably likely to sit for you because... I know that's a fairly easy thing. Bosh, I'm going to put my bum down. And of course, he's now done what you wanted. Max, you're the best dog in the world. Good boy. And now you've completely changed your demeanor. You're going to approach him to give him the treat. And now I've got there, I can leash you up and what have you. And, and it, equally, sorry, just to put in, in terms of then looking at what was the 
the motivation, the drive, the focus of the dog in the first place? Were they just wandering off a bit too far ahead? Um, in which case, maybe getting them to come back is is easier. Or were they wandering off in front because they were interested in a bird or a, another dog further in front? Or were they actually actively chasing something? Because now, to say Fido come back, I've got to disengage from what I was in, interested in and now turn and come back to you. Whereas if you shout sit, at least I can sit because I know how that works, but I can still watch whatever it was that I'm interested in over there. And it's brilliant you just said that because it's exactly what Maximus does as well. So when I call him back... He sits. He looks around thinking, I'm being called back because Daddy, that's me, is obviously worried that there's something going on. So he's then all of a sudden saying, well, I've done this before. I know what's happening. It's either going to be another dog or another person, which I can Mm. then be interested in, and that's why I'm being called back. This is is also why I say, if you only ever work your dog in a situation where you need it, it's going to make it worse. So... The dog is running around free doing whatever it wants and all of a sudden there's another person, another dog and what have you. And we're saying, no, 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 we come here. And it just adds to the excitement. Oh, so when there's other people and dogs around, you freak out. Part of that can be, yeah, you just, you end up actually reinforcing your dog to go and chase and run up to other people. The downside is you can actually make them more reactive to other dogs and other people, depending on your dog's personality generally, if that's the only time you work with them. Whereas if you spent, you know, days and weeks and months and doing thousands of recalls when there's no one else around and the dog just comes trotting back to you gets a treat and a fuss and tootles off again then all of a sudden there's another dog over there but hang on a minute daddy's calling me to come back and we've done this a thousand times already i go get a treat and i get to go and play again so it's to the dog that then becomes the norm and we're just sort of slowly changing the pictures up around them i wish i talked to you about three years ago (laughs) So, and the, Although I did know you three you did, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the other side is, the, and this is particularly prevalent with puppies, which is what you had with Max at the time. And I, I see this a lot. It's perhaps my, and I, Whenever I get a puppy in, in class, I raise the red flag. He's great. He doesn't run away. Or if he does, he comes back every time we call him. He's a really, really good dog. We've done really, really well. No, you have a puppy. And that's easy. And at some point, usually around the nine-month mark-ish, it goes off a cliff. All of a sudden, the dog's like, well, I don't think I really have to come back. I feel quite comfortable running away. And now we're going, no, 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 Fido, stop. We chase and we start to reinforce the keep away game. You have to keep running these drills and keep practicing. And you have to be in a position where you can win. So going back to Jilly's question, in terms of the most important thing, yet recall for sure is it. But it's not just about endlessly calling him and getting him back you have to be in a position where you can win so if fido is running off down the road or running around the garden and you're at the other end calling him and he's not coming back you're basically telling him oh when you shout fido come here it means i get to run around if you've got him at the end of a leash be it a six foot or a 20 foot at least if you've got the end of that i can give him a choice hey fido come here he comes running back to you you're the best dog in the world treats fun, love, attention. Okay, buddy, go play again and just keep repeating that drill. Whereas if they don't come back to you, I can guide you with the leash and make it happen. So the out, the game is rigged. The outcome is always going to be the same. I'm going to win, but you as the dog get to choose how that plays out. Cool. I think you've summarized that very well. Thank you. Thanks, Russell. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.
BarkCast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.